KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Matt Leon. The Pfizer BioNTech COVID 19 vaccine has been given full approval by the FDA, the first COVID vaccine to earn full approval. Now, this is a step everyone has been waiting for. We wanted to dig into the decision and talk about the impact this could have on our vaccination efforts. So, we caught up with Dr. Neil Goldstein. He is an assistant research professor at Drexel University's Dornsife School of Public Health. Important and informative conversation. Check it out. So the Pfizer vaccine, full approval from the FDA, uh, how big is this? It's going to move the needle. I'm not going to say it's going to end the pandemic, but it's going to have an impact for sure. There are people who have held out on getting vaccinated for the reason that it was not an FDA approved um, uh, vaccine. And this is big news because this means that for those individuals, that's essentially one less excuse that they have not to get vaccinated. So I do think this is going to overall have a positive impact in public health and our ability to control the pandemic. To the point of moving the needle with people, do you think its biggest impact will be specifically that some people that were on the fence will go, okay, I'm going to get vaccinated now? Or is it kind of the green light for companies, corporations, schools that maybe weren't comfortable putting a mandate in place now putting in a mandate and just making life harder for those people who choose not to get vaccinated and maybe it pushes them in the direction of getting the shot? I think both. So in terms of just the individual level, there's been a few polls that have come out recently that look at reasons for people not vaccinating. Um, And the top reasons in the Kaiser Family Foundation poll, for example, the top reason was that the vaccine wasn't authorized uh, by the FDA. So about a third of their respondents who were not vaccinated said that if it was approved, it, they would go out and get vaccinated. Another um, another study that I was looking at said that you know safety and efficacy were the top reasons that uh, that respondents in that study were not getting vaccinated. So this FDA approval clearly demonstrates the safety. It clearly demonstrates the efficacy of the vaccine. So I think it's going to have that impact for those individuals as well for companies now. There probably wasn't any legal issues behind mandating an EUA vaccine, the emergency use authorization for the COVID vaccines. But for those companies that were kind of uh, maybe concerned about some perceived gray area, then this enables them to establish a policy saying that vaccination is required among our employees. And, and I kind of think what you just said, Matt, is the is what we're going to see society progress towards. And that is kind of an incremental demand for, for vaccination from various businesses or, or entities. So it will, in some sense, restrict what those who are not vaccinated are able to do. We did a whole episode on emergency use versus full approval. But can you just give us a quick kind of primer on what the difference is? The emergency approval system was created by the FDA in times of a public health crisis. And it is a approval process or it's a, it's a review process that is just as strict and just as much scrutiny as the full um, approval. But what it allows them to do is a little bit more of an efficient review of it. 
the full re- the, the full approval, which we just got for the Pfizer uh, and Bio- BioNTech vaccine, that incorporates additional follow-up of individuals. So we're able to look at more, more follow-up in terms of the efficacy of it, more follow-up in terms of uh, potential um, side effects and adverse events from the vaccine, as well as you know establishing that the, the manufacturing facilities are, are in good in good standing. The labeling behind the drug is, is correct. So it, the EUA versus the FDA is essentially the difference in a public health emergency for the need to get something out to the population as quick as possible. But we've known all along it's a safe vaccine and it's an effective vaccine. And the FDA approval demonstrates that even further. The full approval from your experience, people you've talked to, did it take longer than you anticipated? Was it shorter? Was it about what you thought wind up, once you kind of got a feel for what the lay of the land was? So the full FDA approval, the FDA kind of has two systems for approving a drug. One is the standard review process, and the other is an expedited review process. The expedited review process, according to the FDA, they allow about a six month or so, six months before a decision is rendered. With the uh, Pfizer vaccine, I believe they submitted or they started the process in May. That's under six months. You know, if we're if we're talking now on August 23rd, that's under six months. So in that sense, I think it was a little bit quicker than anticipated. Nevertheless, a lot of people in public health and in medicine uh, anticipated this happening um, before September. With not knowing where the other vaccines, Moderna, J&J, are on the paperwork trail of getting full authorization does this one going getting full authorization the Pfizer one does it make it easier for the other ones or are they all does that not they're all kind of walled off where just because this one got full authorization it doesn't make it easier for the other ones well, absolutely. You know, the, these are separate products by separate companies that have their own clinical trials that need to be fully vetted by the FDA. So it's not that it will make anything easier for the other ones, but it does give us at least some insight into how long the process is expected to take. Pfizer was the first to get EUA, um, followed by Moderna. So, you know, if, if it's a similar process and the data are as favorable for the Pfizer one, we could expect, you know, kind of a similar time frame before we see the Moderna um, full, full approval if that's coming. Overall, the vaccination process started out, you know, once we kind of got them out there, there was a while there, I think we were getting three, four million shots in arms a day. Then it really kind of fell off a cliff. Now we're starting to see it. I think we had three straight days last week of a million shots a day. Are you encouraged that we've kind of turned a corner where we're seeing you know, we we can get these final several yards to get out of the pandemic and you throw on top full approval of the Pfizer uh, that that could even accelerate things even more. Well, frankly, I wish we weren't having this conversation now. I wish we had more vaccination and more arms earlier on. But look, the people are more inclined now to get vaccinated because of the FDA approval. So that's that's a good thing. Right. And and I can't say that it's difficult for us to tease out the reasons why this is happening. It could be from Delta, right? It could be that more people are concerned about getting sick right now. It could be that more places are starting to enforce some kind of vaccination requirements, schools, businesses, and so forth. And that's causing people to get vaccinated. Or it could be that now we're seeing this FDA approval. So to try and tease out these individual reasons could be quite challenging. 
Nevertheless, it is encouraging. We want to see more people getting vaccinated, and this is a step in the right direction for sure. I believe the full approval was for 16 and over. Uh, so you still got, I guess, 12 to 16 are emergency use. My question is a lot mm-hmm. of us with small children, elementary school children, are mm-hmm. really anticipating when it'll be approved for children under 12. Does the Pfizer vaccine getting this uh, full approval, do you think that accelerates when we could see it approved for younger children? Or once again, are we dealing with completely separate silos that don't play off each other? Yes, separate clinical trials to study this. And and you you made a point here that I think is is important for for the listeners to to realize is that you're still going to see the EUA, the emergency use authorization for Pfizer for the time being. And the reasons for that are a few, one of which you touched on the age ranges, 12 to 15 year olds are still under the EUA, as well as you may have seen that third booster dose recommendation for immunocompromised individuals that's still under EUA. But the Pfizer vaccine, the the official one, and um, please don't make me pronounce the name of it because I'm sure that I will get it wrong. Um, Cominarte, I'll, I'll just call it. That one, while they scale up production of that, that's going to have its own labeling and everything. So we still will see the Pfizer EUA vaccine for adult populations for a little while. So we'll still have the EUA. And there's the formulation is the same between these vaccines, but we still need the EUA in place while production scales up, as well as for those other um, risk groups. Now, in terms of, though, getting children vaccinated, also as the father of a, of a young son, I'm anticipating or awaiting the data on this. So, so um, I'm, I'm looking forward to that day, essentially, when you know children can get vaccinated, if the data look promising on that, which I think from, uh, from what I'm hearing, they, they are, in fact, looking quite promising. And did you have a ballpark from what you've read, people you talked to, when we could really start to see when they will say when it will get green lighted, even for emergency use for under 12, or is it really kind of all over the place at this point from a timeline standpoint? It's very difficult to say. Um, If I had to read the tea leaves on this, I would expect by the end of the year, but please don't hold me to that. If we have this conversation in January. In addition to the big news about the, the Pfizer full approval, we're also seeing a lot of talk about boosters, uh, people that are immunocompromised, but it also sounds like pretty much everybody that got the Pfizer or Moderna, uh, they're looking towards a booster. Kind of talk to me a little bit about why the boosters are necessary and where we are with regards to that. So what we're seeing right now with current studies um, is that there does appear to be some waning effectiveness of the vaccine. And what I mean by that is the vaccine is really, really good at protecting against um, uh, COVID pretty quickly after you get the shot. But then, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine months uh, beyond that, it doesn't seem to be as good. And the reasons could be, uh, there, there could be several reasons here, one of which could be it has nothing to do with the vaccine itself. It's not waning immunity. It's in fact, the Delta variant that it's just tougher to, to vaccinate against. So this concept of a, of a booster shot Right now, only being recommended among immunocompromised individuals in, in the EUA, 
Um, it's something that we still have to evaluate whether that's needed or not. I mean, some people think that, you know, a little something is good, more of that must be better. Well, that's not to say there aren't risks that go along with getting vaccinated. It is, after all, a medical intervention, if you will. You know, so we're still evaluating that. And, and the consensus among my uh, colleagues in public health and my scientific collaborators is that the the Biden administration's um, call for this may be a, a touch premature because it kind of shifts focus from those who aren't vaccinated to those who are vaccinated. And the pandemic is fueling right now, not by breakthrough infection infections among those vaccinated, but by those who are still unvaccinated. And so in public health, all of our chips still belong in that basket in getting people who are not vaccinated, getting them connected to health to healthcare to get to get the shot. Now, ultimately, we may see a booster recommendation, but I, st- I, I, I think for right now, the conversation needs to be more on how do we get those who are not vaccinated vaccinated rather than among the adults who have received two shots already. How do we get them a third? That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.